Good morning. I lost track of time then. Too too busy drinking my uh, uh, cup of coffee and uh, saw the timer going down and thought, hang on, it's it's switched over. I don't have the um, uh, the function on this the way I've set up for it to just switch over automatically, which is probably a good thing because it means I have to be ready. But because of um, how I do things, I uh, have to press a button. So anyways, how are you? Welcome to Gospel Pursuits Podcast. Um, uh, you can always gauge how my morning has gone is whether I'm drinking a cup of coffee or not. Basically, it means I had to, uh, I was about five, ten minutes behind doing different breakfasts for children. Uh, so therefore, I um, I uh, uh, had to have a coffee heated up in the microwave. It's not too bad. I quite enjoy having a cup of coffee with you in the morning, guys. Um, if, any, if, if there's anyone out there, share the broadcast. Uh, click like. It helps the algorithms and all that kind of stuff. Share, you know, we want to get the... Word of God message out to as many people, whether they be non-Christians or Christians uh, alike. Um, I'm very excited about things. I've got my monitor at the side here. That's why I keep looking at the to, the, um, to my right, your left. Well, we are on a series about faith. Um, I've kind of introduced this on Monday via a blog post and, and on Instagram and things like that. We're talking about fundamentals of faith. Um if you remember yesterday, I mentioned that Brother Hagen spent the last few years of his life, God told him to go back to the fundamentals of faith because there was a lot of preachers preaching faith, but they were preaching faith from where they were at, not where the people were at. So when you start talking about, say, say let's just use it uh, a random, strange example. If you're talking to um, a Chinese person, and you're Scottish and you love porridge and they don't have a clue what porridge is. They might, I don't know if this is, this is a good example or not. You can tell them how wonderful porridge is and how amazing it is. And how you can add, you can add um, this ingredient on top of porridge. You can have it with blueberry, you can have it with cream, you can have it with maple syrup, you can have all these different things. But if they don't understand what the key ingredients of porridge, they're never going to be able to make porridge with the ingredient, with the toppings that you put on it. So a lot of people in faith will talk about the toppings. We'll talk about how amazing, uh, you know, what you can achieve with faith. You can, you know, believe God to get out of debt. You can believe God to own a house. You can believe God for a new car. You can believe God for your healing. All those wonderful things, which are the benefits of walking a life of faith. You know, we're called to walk by faith, Hebrews 11, uh, so Hebrews 10 says, the just shall live by faith. And if we're called to live by faith, do you not think we need to know how to live? If you're an athlete, you have a different lifestyle than somebody who sits on the couch, throws thick popcorn at the TV when the football uh, doesn't score a goal. And there's different levels of thing, uh, ways of doing things, different lifestyles. But if we are called and positioned into a place where we are meant to be living a certain lifestyle as a Christian, and that lifestyle is faith, and out of that faith starts things like the fruits of the Spirit, and all those kind of different things, the, the walking of love, you know, faith works by love, so if you have a lifestyle of faith, you have to walk in love, that's a prerequisite, if you don't walk in love, your faith will not 
um, continue to to grow and to continue. It will it'll be stunted. It'll be short short changed. God won't be able to get to you the promises of God because he won't be able to trust you with the promises of God. So it, there's a lot of things, that, a lot of factors that come into play. But if I talk to you about the blueberries that you know that go on top of the porridge, but I never tell you that you need milk, you need oats, you need a bit of water, you need some heat, you need a pan, you need all those things to create what to put the toppings on and you're just going after the toppings after the toppings after something you will never have the complete package of the, the the dish and in fact you'll probably be missing a lot of the substance you might have the the maple syrup that tastes lovely but on its own maple syrup will not provide you with anything will it maybe some quick fix energy if your blood sugar is low but if you want the long substance lasting uh, about porridge the, the, the food of porridge, the, the longness of the, the low GI indexed product that it is, I think. And, and it's it, it carries you through your morning so you don't have to snack or you don't have to have loads of different horrible things. You see, this is what's happening in the body of Christ. We are after the toppings or after the, the top layer of, of the blessing of God without having any substance to it. We are not able to sustain ourselves. So we're constantly snacking on other things. So, for example, you might snack on Fast and Furious films because you really want a Fast and Furious car. Well, that's not how you get a Fast and Furious car in the kingdom of God. There's nothing wrong with having a Fast and Furious car. But that's a topping. That's a blessing. That's something beyond what um, Jesus says when he talks about seek first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added to you. What's the substance in that statement? Faith is substance of things hoped for. You need substance to achieve your dreams. But if you only go for your dreams, you're going for the toppings, you're going for the, 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 the sparkly bits, you will never have. If, if a woman wears only a diamond necklace but never dresses herself, she can't go outside and, and do anything practically, can she? should probably die to the elements or, or whatever. Naked people don't do so well in Western culture. But if she only wants a diamond to wear and that's all she wants to wear and that's that's her dream and thing, and she has no substance and she has no, uh, she spent all her money on this one diamond, she can't show that diamond to anyone because she can't go outside naked. Does that make sense? So faith is, is a, 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 an amazing topic of, of conversation. It's fundamental to the Christian walk. It's our lifestyle. We must walk by faith because that's how the just live. If you are just, if you are just, if you are righteous, if you are any of the, the things that God needs you to be because you are born again, that's what you are. That's your nature. Your nature is the righteousness of God. You've been made the righteousness of God. You are in right standing with the Heavenly Father. You are in a place where you sit beside him in heavenly realms. When you take your place in Christ Jesus, you're there. You've got every spiritual blessing available to you, every promise of God available to you. But if you don't put substance to the dreams and the hopes and the aspirations that you have, if you don't put a building frame around it, it will just be a topping on, on, a, on a dish that doesn't exist. And there will be no substance and you will not be able to maintain your walk with God for very long because you quickly get disheartened because the, the, the fast and furious car hasn't been delivered magically to your front door. But I've watched all the films. I know exactly what kind of car I want. I know exactly the, the, the way I want to drive it. I want to do the Tokyo Drift. I want to do all these kind of different things with my, my fast and furious car. It's going to be having so much rev power. But you see you watching a film which is, is giving you the 
the image, giving you the desire, giving you the the toppings, if you like, the the nicety, but you have no substance. You have no, maybe you just sit on, on your couch just watching those films all day, but you have no get up and go. You don't go out and get a job. You don't earn the money. You don't have an income or an ability to ever pay for a car that you want. Faith is like that. Faith is something. Faith is something that you live by. It, it, James says without works, something that isn't working, you are working with your faith, it becomes dead. If there's no action to your faith is dead. One of the highest levels of action to your faith is just speaking the word of God. And then we'll get into those kind of different things. Um, I was looking at Romans chapter 4 today, kind of jumped out at me. But let's just, let's just recap a little bit. The foundation for this series is this. Faith is grasping the unrealities of hope and bringing bringing them into the realm of reality. So you have a desire, you have a hope, you have a dream. God, It's a God-given dream. We'll look at another scripture verse in a minute and how to make sure that there's a God-given dream. But just becoming a Christian gives you a, 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 a rare insight into the things of the Spirit of God. Just being born again, being alive unto God, your spirit, man, is in communion, constant communion with the Holy Spirit, whether you yield to it or not. And you are able to uh, enjoy his presence daily. You get baptized in the Holy Ghost, you can pray in tongues, you can, you can do all these different things, and suddenly you have a relationship with God. And when you have that relationship with God, you don't want to ruin it. I don't want to ruin my relationship with my kids or my wife, even though I make mistakes. I don't want to make a, a life-changing decision. I'm not going to run off to the Sahara Desert and join the French Legion and become something completely different and leave my wife and children at home, because that would be a life-changing decision for everyone. We don't want to do that with our relationship with God. We don't want to just jack it all in and run down to the pub and get bladded and, and throw it all in and never go to church again. That's not how we want to act if we're born again believers, walking in, in the things of God. So therefore, you can start to trust your dreams and visions because your desires are right. If your desires are lining up with, with just, just a simple desire, I want to please him. I want to seek first the kingdom of God. So don't worry about your desires. Don't worry about the things and the dreams. If they're a God dream and a God thing, they'll stick around and you'll be able to put substance to it by using your faith. And that's what we're talking about. Grabbing a hold of the unrealities of hope. It, it might be in another, let's go a different direction. You might be feeling really sick right now. The symptoms of sickness and disease are in your body. Whether it be a cold, whether it be pain, whether it be uh, disformity, cancer, all those kind of evil things that the devil tries to put onto any human that will, will accept him. You might have a hope to be well. Well, if you can apply your faith in the way that we're talking about, using the fundamentals of faith, using the basic principles of faith, the, the, the levels of faith, that I will, will lay them out as we go on. I'm doing this on purpose. We want to take you on this journey. I do not want to give you three steps to faith and then for you to go away and go, oh, that's great. That's all I need to hear. And I'm not going to, uh, that's all I'm going to do. And then get frustrated because some, you've missed something. I want to go through this on purpose and take time on it. The fundamentals of faith. What is faith? We've, we're talking about that right now. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. But there are some certain attitudes that come in. Faith is substance. So we build with it. Uh, faith is, is based on Hebrews 11.1 1, is also confidence in what we hope for. 
we're convinced of what we do not see. You see, our faith in Jesus Christ, when we become born again, we're convinced that we're going to heaven. That's the whole point of making that decision to make Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior. We are convinced. Beyond a shadow of a doubt, I am convinced that I know exactly where I'm going. If Jesus doesn't come back, I die and go by the way of the grave. I know where I'm going. I'm going up into the light. But if, if Jesus comes back before that, and which I really believe is coming back soon, within the next few years, probably, the way things are going. The church of Jesus Christ rising up operating in the fullness of God's glory. And we're, I'm convinced of these things, seeing miracles in the church, the local church being an impacting force for good on this planet. I'm convinced of these things. Might not see it right now, but I'm convinced. If you look at the Amplified on Hebrews 11, Says this now, faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed. When you own the title deed of your house, it's yours, isn't it? So, faith is that. Faith is that. The title deed of the things we hope for, being proof of the things we do not see and the conviction of their reality. Faith, I love this, faith perceiving as real fact what is not yet revealed to the five physical senses. So we don't have healing in our body yet. We don't feel the healing. But our faith says it's so. Our faith hooks up with what the word of God says regarding healing. He sent his word to heal. By his stripes I was healed. I am redeemed from the curse of the law. All sickness and disease is under the curse of the law. And we get those, those words in us and in our thinking and our meditating. And we rise up on the inside of us. And our faith then will become a connection point to God's grace and the healing power that lives on the inside of you will rise up and force its way, force sickness and disease out. The enemy will flee before you seven ways, as he may come in you one way. So I thought I heard the, the gate going. Right, so Romans chapter 4, verse 16. I want to go through some things as we, as we uh, kind of like reach the halfway point of this podcast. You know what? I really enjoy drinking cups of coffee on 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 TV. I don't I don't know what it is. Makes me look sophisticated, baby. I need to get some really cool mugs, don't I? And show how um, trendy I can be. Um, right. Well, this is talking about Abraham, and the title of my Bible says the promise of what Abraham was promised, Isaac, was received through faith. So, Abraham's the father of our faith. We know that through. So just looking at Galatians, he says, it says, if you be Abraham's seed, then you are heirs according to promise. You are your joint heirs with Christ. If you be Christ, then you be Abraham's seed. All those kind of things. We, we kind of go through that in Galatians chapter three. So we know that Abraham's very key point to the foundation of the faith of Christianity and the foundation. He was father Abraham for a reason. So the Jewish faith is very crucial, but for Christianity, he's just as crucial because he lays out a pattern of behavior that we can follow. He is, he is one of the greats of faith. Hebrews 11, 1 gives you a list of great men of faith. Go, It's a wonderful thing to read how Noah was faithful in preaching the, the word of righteousness until the rain came. He preached something that he had no concept of what was going to happen and no idea. 
that there was a flood going to cover out the whole world. It hadn't rained in that way before. And no one believed him. But yet, hallelujah, it came to pass. Verse 16 of Romans chapter 4. Therefore, the promise comes through faith. What promise? Any promise that God's put in his word. This is a book full of promises. I don't know how many thousands of promises there are in there, but this is a book full of promises. How amazing is it that God's given us a manual for life, giving us something that we that can that will sit down and we can go just just pull from it the promises of God and just read page after page after page. The New Testament. If you're a new Christian, start in the New Testament, read the gospel, see what Jesus did and how he said your faith has made you whole. But, but don't just stay there. Go into the New Testament, read the book of Ephesians. And, and it, it may be, get a Bible that of, with, with a translation that you understand and pull out of it and see where the promises of God come from. The promise comes through faith. What is faith? It's substance. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. How do we use faith? Actually, I'm just going to give you, I remember from preaching this a, a, a while back, and someone gave a really good definition of faith, and I'm just going to see if I can find it. It was whether I highlighted it in this Bible. So I can... I can't remember the scripture reference, but I'm pretty sure it's in Romans. I'm doing this too often, thinking of things and not knowing exactly where they are. I'm sure, it was right here. Give me a minute. I mean, just looking at flicking through Romans chapter 1, the just shall live by faith, verse 17. There's a definition of faith. There might be in another Bible that I... It, Hmm. I'll try and find it for tomorrow. Um, there, there's, there was a very clear kind of uh, thinking behind it, but I haven't got my other Bible, which I must have highlighted in a different one. Um, anyways, so the promise comes through faith. And we, let's go back to our definition that we've written down. Faith is the grasping the unrealities of hope and bringing them into the realm of reality. So we've got a realm of reality that we're pulling out of. Uh, we're sorry, we're pulling out of the unreality, the realm of unreality, the unseen realm, the spiritual realm, if you like. So we're pulling out what's what we see on, on in our vision. We see something ahead of us. Have you ever been in a position where you just know something's going to happen or you just really desire something so strong and just feel it's on the tip of your tongue, it almost feels like. So that's how we do it. We get the promise that we have in the word of God comes through faith and we grasp hold of it so that it might be by grace that the promise would be certain to all the descendants not only to those who are of the law of the israelites but also those who are of the faith of abraham who is the father of us all as it is written i have made you a father of many nations before whom god he believed and who raises the dead 
And this is a really important statement. I'm not going to have time to get into it today. But God calls things that do not exist as though they did. That's part of the speaking part of faith. And I believe we'll get into that thing. But I want to just, there's a few points that I just want to get to before we finish. Against all hope, he believed in hope. And he might become the father of many nations according to what was spoken. So again, speaking. So shall your descendants be. God told him a promise. He showed him the, the sky. He showed him the, the sand. And said, that's how many people are going to be through your descendants. And it was impossible. So in verse 18 says this, Abraham against all hope believed in hope. So he believed in the dreams. He believed, had an absolute expectancy of what God had said to him. He had the promise because God gave him the promise. So he received it by faith and he connected to God's grace that provided the promise of God for him. Isaac was born to Sarah. So that's how your descendants be. And not, and this is, this is, these are the keys I want to get to, not being weak in faith. So he wasn't weak. He did not consider his own body to be dead. So he considered not his own body. He didn't look at his body and go, body, you, you can't do it. No, that's, he didn't even consider that. He considered the promise. And when he was about 100 years old, nor the deadness of Sarah's womb, he didn't look at his wife and go, oh my word, this promise, it can't happen. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but he was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Hallelujah. And he was fully persuaded what God had promised he was able to perform. Therefore, it was credited to him as righteousness. Now, the words it was credited to him were not written for his sake only. Hallelujah. That's something that's shouting ground right there. It was not it was credited to him. But those words weren't written just for him. They were written for us. I am the righteousness of God because Abraham came through for me. Because Jesus was able to stand on what Abraham did and God was able to release Jesus into the into the earth and say, I can make the same sacrifice that Abraham made in sacrificing Isaac. But also for us, for whom it shall be credited, if we believe in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered from our transgressions and was raised for our just, justification. So <laughs> having said all that, right, reading through that, there are some laws or some points that I just want to, kind of uh, go through in the last five minutes of this broadcast. The law of faith, in Romans 4.16, or points of faith. One, the promise comes through faith. If you've got a promise, you've got to believe it to get it. And go as far as Mark 22 and 23. When you pray, believe that you receive. So you need to receive it, in fact, before you need to pray and you need to receive before you even see it. The promise comes through faith. And it comes to those that are of the faith of Abraham. You and I, we are of the same spirit, the same spirit of faith that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. The same spirit of, uh, of faith that says we speak and then we believe. The word of faith which is on our lips in Romans chapter. To those who are of the faith, I am of the faith of Abraham. This is a key point. God calls things that do not exist as though they did. So me and you have to do the same. We call the promise. It may not exist in the natural, but we call it as if it does. I am healed. I don't care how I feel. By his stripes, I was healed. I claim that promise. I take it. It's mine. I receive it. I believe it. 
I'm prosperous. I don't care what my bank account looks like. I consider not my bank account. I call things that be not as though they were. Now, you don't do it the other way. I don't say, I'm not out of debt. I'm, I'm out of debt. I'm out of debt. I'm out of debt. I'm out of debt. I have, sorry, let's just change that again. I don't say, I don't have any debts. I don't have any debts. I don't have any debts. That's not how you say it. Because if you've got debts, you've got to pay them. Now, you can say, I call those debts paid in Jesus' name. I believe those debts are paid. But it would be lying to say that you have debts. But it wouldn't, uh, sorry, I have not got any debts. But it would not be lying to say that those debts are paid. There's a subtle difference, and we've got to get hold of this. Uh, saying that I am healed by the stripes of Jesus recognizes that my real human, uh, my human spirit on the inside of me is perfectly whole and well. And what I'm believing and tapping into is the power of God that comes from that to change my physical body. I don't say I haven't got a broken arm. There's no broken arm here. My bones are, comp uh, are, are they're, they're, they're perfectly excellent. If there's a broken arm there. No, I call my arm healed because that's what does not exist. And I bring that. I don't try and deny the facts. And that's where a lot of people miss it. I'm not sick. I'm not sick. I'm not sick. Well, if you're sick, you're sick. What you do is you go above the law of nature and start to operate in the laws of God and the laws of faith and start to declare the promises of God over my life. And your body will line up to what you confess it in the negative or the positive. And my wife um, broke her elbow, um, smashed it, basically falling off of a ladder. And we went to church, the church that we were at, and the amount of people that basically wanted to know, oh, oh, they're there. I bet you're in so much pain. I bet you, you're in so much, are you scared of the operation? Are you this? Are they, uh, and Louise was, it, honestly, she was not in any pain. She could move. It was it was miraculous. Now we didn't see a miracle. She had to have a some surgery, and she had to put. They had to fix the joint up, but she came through it with no pain. She came through it with with function in her. Uh, she was able to touch her shoulder, which the doctor was amazed at. A lot of people who go through this stuff can't do half of the stuff that she could do very quickly. In fact, they did. They were did, on the day of the surgery. They were doing her mo movement, and there was no pain. There was nothing, and they were moving. Around. They were they're like, "We need to re-X-ray this because do we actually need to do the operation?" That's how she was in a position where God was looking after her, even though she had something wrong with her. God was still looking after her. She was still in a place of victory, even though she had to have surgery, and she recovered from surgery very quickly. So the power of God works in, in, as you confess the word, as you believe the promises of God. You call things that be not uh, as they are, as though they are, and call the things that do not exist as though they do exist. You bring that into the reality. Okay, so that's what God does. He did it light be. There was no light, but he said light be. Boom, there was. So what we've got to do is go against what is seen in the natural with the words of our mouth. We need to push with the word of God. We need to declare the word of God. We need to fire ourselves up based on the word of God. We're not to consider our bodies. Abraham didn't consider our body, his body. He didn't consider his wife's body. We don't consider the natural. The natural has got nothing to do with whether or not we fulfill God's assignment in our life. We follow God's plan and we use our faith to get to where we need to be. We do not waver. 
If you are believing God for something today, don't waver. Do not be weary in well-doing, for in due season you will reap. I will reap what God's promised me, because he demands. Because I am demanding it based on His what he has already said. Become strong in faith. How do you become strong in faith? Keep building yourself up with the word. Keep standing on the word. Keep going forward on the word. Keep living the word. Keep declaring the word. Don't stop. Don't ever stop. If you die sick, you're healed because you go into heaven, into glory. Be fully persuaded. Abraham was fully persuaded that what God said, that he wasn't a liar and that he was going to make sure without a doubt that what he said was going to come to pass. Be fully persuaded. How do you get fully persuaded about something? You meditate on it day and night and you will prosper in everything that you do. It's very simple. All these principles are all the same. It's fundamental. Just basically take this word. If, if like I literally wrote out those steps from Romans 4, 6, uh, 4, 16 onwards. Promise comes through faith. It's to those who are the faith of Abraham. God calls things that do not exist as though they did. Go against what is seen in the natural. I consider not. I am not weak. I do not waver. I am strong in faith. I am fully persuaded. I take that from that passage and I see so much in it that I just keep going. I keep pressing forward. I keep pressing forward. I keep declaring. I declare the word of God over my life. And what does Mark 11, 22 and 23, we'll get there eventually. And I'm going to keep quoting it. We can have whatever we say because what we believe in our heart, we speak with them out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. We can know that God's word is in us. So therefore our desires are right, our correction, and then our speaking is right. You can achieve so much greater as he that is in you than he that is in the world. I encourage you to establish yourself and your lifestyle on the word of God because the word of God produces faith and victory inside of you. All right, I'm going to leave it there. I've talked longer. Well, I've talked about the same amount of time as I usually been doing lately. Have a great day. Uh, catch it back up on the 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 bod, catch catch the broadcast on Instagram, all those kind of places. Spotify. I keep saying it. If you if you're new, if you've never seen this before, enjoy your day. Have a great day. The weather's a bit cold today. I didn't talk about the weather, did I? Oh, that's a shame. A bit cold today. It wasn't very impressive. I walked from school. I had to have a couple of jackets and a jumper on. Hey 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 ho! Right. Have a great day. It's been a pleasure. Have faith in God. Be alive unto God. Be aware of his presence today. Allow the Holy Spirit to just refresh you, re-energize you, giving you everything that you need. His promises are sure. His word is true. It's written on the tablets of your heart. And it's a strength and an ever-present help in time of need. You are dwelling in the secret place of the Most High. You you have his wings wrapped around you. You are protected. You are fearless. You are confident. You are victorious. God always causes you to triumph. He's given you the victory in Christ Jesus. Have a great day and I will see you soon.